This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. <laughs> LaFondra looking to get side of Fon. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe to talk about the slightly concerning and a little bit worrying trip that we've got on Saturday to Manchester United. How are you doing, John? Yes, all good, thank you. Yep. Um, I would say I'm looking forward to the weekend. Partly I'm looking forward to the weekend. It'll be a great occasion. Uh, whether it'll be a great match, we'll have to wait and see. We live in hope, don't we? I mean, the FA Cup, um, I'm beginning this sentence and wondering if I really believe it myself. You've seen stranger things happen. <laughs> I mean, it would be yeah. a hell of a thing. Manchester United are in incredible form, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, you know, like, like like always in these occasions, you've just got to hope you catch them on an off day. The Reading players perform, uh, you know, outside of their capabilities and uh, hopefully the, the two things um, coincide and, and, you know, never know, they uh, might pull off a shock win or, or at least a draw. Um you know, I think either scenario Reading, Reading fans would certainly take right now. So, um, yeah, you just never know. I know they say the hope kills you, but uh, I've got a little bit of hope. Um, I'm sure uh, Ten Hag will make a, a lot of changes to, to, uh, to the United side. So, um, you know, it'll be a, a, a patched up side because, uh, you know, a lot of them won't have played together before. And, you know, Int is going to want to put on... Uh, ready to put on a good account of themselves so um so you know if, if they can stay in the game as the old cliche goes for, for as long as possible then um you know you, you never know you've got like Randy Carroll Shane Long to, to use their experience and maybe nick a goal and, and uh, see where it takes them we're all here for an Andy Carroll last minute winner aren't we absolutely fantastic well I mean just for us to take the lead with Andy Carroll just running to the away end would be the thing that dreams are made of. But just to score a goal thing, to be honest, because the last <laughs> couple of times I've been there, Reading haven't even scored. Um, they got pretty close. I think Danny Loder had a good chance last mm. time and, and Callum Harriet as well. I think they had a couple of good opportunities. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to at least see them uh, on the score sheet. That'd be a, that'd be a nice um, bonus. 
as a proper throwback there, wasn't it? Callum Harriet and Danny Loder. And Danny Loder, I think, scoring last night for Porto. He's got I me. Mean, yeah, yeah, saying. things are going okay for him, aren't he? He must be severely regretting that move. <laughs> he must be thinking, this is going okay for me. Yeah, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he? He's, he's took, his, took his time a little, a little bit over there, but uh, he seems to have settled in well and, uh, yeah, going from strength to strength. Yeah, well, let's just hope that the performance that we put on this Saturday is considerably better than the one that we did at Stoke City because that was abysmal, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, that was awful. Kind of from from minute one, really, it never really felt that like Reading were going to get going, and and even Stoke weren't any great shakes. But um, I think that they made them uh, look not necessarily like world beaters, but by far the better side and um, deservedly. Stoke ran out comfortable winners. Nothing really fell from Reading at all. Um, I don't think one player could really come out of that with any credit. Um, you know, from from the strikers, you know, Mate and Inst did, did nothing up top, um, and then you know the back line were, were pretty all over the place. Even Lumley, I know he was unfortunate with a couple of the goals, but um, you know it's the third time. This season, they've they've shipped four goals. They've lost four nil, and, and mm. sixth time overall they've conceded four goals under in. So, um, yeah, it's starting to become a bit of a concern that scoreline. Yeah, uh, definitely. We don't want to see this pattern, and combine that with the fact that we gave away the two goal lead against QPR. But let's not try and bring this all down. Let's try and think about positives. The fact that the FA Cup, we got a week off from the league. We don't need to worry about that. Match is going to look after itself. Paul Ince was talking to you before the match today in the press today. What are the kind of like the highlights of what he was saying? Um, I think the, the main point that he wants to get across is that, um, you know, at the risk of falling into the cliche, uh, play the game, not the occasion. And, and he talked about um, the atmosphere and being able to deal with the atmosphere because a lot of players can be kind of a bit overawed by it. So, you know, playing in front of 74,000 people or whatever it's going to be, um, you know, under the lights on on TV as well. Um, for a lot of the players, it's going to be their first time there. So um, they're really going to have to make sure that they block out all the all the background noise and, and make sure um, they put on, on uh, a performance on the pitch. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, he talked about keeping it as, as you know, keep, keeping things tight and compact to, as long as possible. And, you know, for all the... Um, Good things that uh, you know Rashford is doing at the moment uh, is not necessarily stopping one person. It's about sort of a collective effort and and uh, performing to the best of your ability. And if you think about too much about what Bruno Fernandes could do or Christian Eriksen could do, then uh, you know you you're not going to get much uh, sleep or, or good preparation going into the game. So um, I think you know from from Reading's perspective, it's all about um, you know giving it the the best uh, go you can. Um, there's no pressure on them. Everyone expecting. Manchester United to to win very comfortably, so um, you know it's, it's just uh, basically giving a, a good account of themselves, and, and you know even if, it, if they do lose, then at least they can look back and say um, you know they put on a good performance, they enjoyed the experience, enjoyed the occasion, um, they made the fans proud. Um, basically everything opposite to uh, to last weekend at Stoke. Yeah, totally. I did notice that he did say that he's hoping that Rashford doesn't play, which I kind of like think is almost a certainty, isn't it? I, I think it wouldn't be that much of a surprise, as you said earlier, they were making 10 or 11 changes, really. Yeah, it's a weird one because obviously they, they won um, 3-0 against Forest last night in the League Cup. So um, that kind of that um, that tie is 
kind of taken care of. So I think it's for saying if it had been a bit tighter, then he might, you know, rest a couple of players for the next Wednesday second leg. But because that ties over now, then he, you know, might put out a stronger side. I mean, the reality is, is who knows? Um, and who knows Reading's side as well, to be honest, because, you know, I think he's going to play a, a, a pretty much full strength side. Um, obviously a bit different to the last round where he, where he made nine changes. So, um, but even then, you know, what is Reading's strongest side right now, uh, considering the last couple of performances? But um, I think, you know, the likes of Tom Ince and uh, Andy Carroll and, and possibly even Shane Long will, will be playing um, just because they've got that experience. They've got that experience of playing at the top level um, and, and helping those players who, who are uh, less experienced helping them deal with the occasion and, and hopefully, um, you know, like we said, making sure that they give a good, good account of themselves and stay in the game for as long as possible. The thought of Loom against Casemiro uh, does massively concern me, but um, I doubt we're going to see that. You, you never know. You never know. But sometimes people just have a hell of a day, don't they? The FA Cup has very strange things that happen, but that will be up there with one of the weirdest. If you come out mm-hmm. of this with a Loom dominating Casemiro, <laughs> that would be... Quite I know Loom, Loom has kind of has uh, faded away the last uh, few weeks, maybe in months actually. But you know, at the start of the season, we were all raving about him and about how good he was, and he was really sort of dominating that midfield. So, um, you know, if by some miracle he can recapture that form and, and um, really take the game by the scruff of the neck, he, he can he can be a real presence in that midfield. And um, you know, he's got nine yellow cards I think this season. So if he puts in a crunching tackle, um, may get a yellow card, but he he, he might. Uh, you know, make a few United players um, sit up a little bit. So, um, yeah, we live in hope. <laughs> I think it's one of those games when you don't want to irritate Manchester United too early. Because sometimes you see this in these games and then the opposition just goes, OK, so if you want to play with fire, we're ready for this. But we'll see. We will see. Um, Paul Lintz also talked about the possibility of bringing in a couple of midfielders, but he wouldn't say any names. There's been links with, obviously, with Josh Lauren. I guess that's a long shot still, isn't it? But who knows? We'll have to see how it works out. Yeah, I mean, it all, it all depends on the outgoing still. And obviously, they haven't got anyone out the door just yet. Um, I think it's no secret that they're trying to get rid of Ovi Ajaria. Um, it's just finding someone who, who will take him. Um, I mean, Paulin said today that he is injured, has been injured. Um, take that how you want. But, um, you know, he's not going to... Doubt he's going to sign for another club if he's injured. Um, not to mention his his recent form um, this season, which has been pretty awful. So, um, you know, it's going to take a big um, big effort to get him out the door. But um, if they do, then you know they've got a few players lined up um, potentially come in. I think Lauren is one of them. So, um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things that have got to happen in the first instance. Um, I think Stoke are kind of in a similar position to Reading in terms of they need to, to get some players out before new players come in. I think Alex Neal wants to get his um, players in and get his, you know, make more of a stamp on, on the squad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I imagine anything that does happen is going to be late in the window. We've got till Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Um, I, I think, you know, just for the short time, it's about getting the Manchester United game out of the way. Um you know, dealing with that and um, seeing if seeing what deals can be done over the last couple of days of the window. So here's the uh, bit that's going to be tricky, John. What is your score prediction for our game against Manchester United, who are absolutely flying in form? I think they've won something like 11 out of the last 12. They've got Marcus Rashford, who is just unstoppable at the moment. 
and we just lost 4-0 at Stoke. So, so I'm not building this up in any way, but how would you go for it? Um, I mean, it's extremely hard to see anything um, other than a United win. Um, I like to think that uh, that Reading might get a goal, um, but I, I think United are going to be too strong and it'll probably be 3-1, possibly 4-1. So... Um, yeah, I'm. I'm hope. I hope. Hopefully, I'm horrendously wrong. But uh, I feel that uh, it's only going to be one one scoreline, and that's United victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to go for something similar. I'd probably go for three-one or four-one. But let's see. Let's see. We'll wait and see how it goes. Well, I mean, because you never know in the glorious FA Cup or the magic of the FA Cup, as they like to say. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, next up, we'll have Alex with a Manchester United fan after this break. Cheers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back from the break. Uh, We've been joined now by Maisie from Devils United. Maisie, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm kind of dreading this weekend a little bit, but uh, hopefully we'll uh, get by and we'll be able to get through this without me you know, fearing it too much more. Man United this season, you're not doing too badly, are you really, under Ten Hag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not doing so bad right now. There's been a few hiccups starting the season off. Um, when we lost against Brighton, we lost against Brentford. And after that 4-0 loss, especially after that first half, I think Tenag realised something did need to be sorted. Um, he put some more discipline into the players and it's worked massively. Uh, we've only lost a couple of games since, so... I think he's worked very well with the players. The players are very happy. So I'm happy with how Man United is at this moment in time. And it's roughly where I predicted would be, if not higher. Yeah, and I mean, one of those uh, one of those players who, who's definitely worked well under Ten Hag so far this season has been Marcus Rashford. Do you think he'll play this weekend? I think he's scored 18 goals now this season, which when you look at what he scored last year, it just seems like an incredible turnaround for him. Mm-hmm. From what I've, what I've read is... Uh, Ten Hag has said to Rashford, right? Um, I, I've got belief that you there is a good player in there, gonna work with you. And um, from what I've heard, both Ten Hag and Rashford done a little bet is to see if he could get thirty goals and assists in a season. Um, so I think that's give Rashford as well that tiny bit of hunger. Uh, but I think he's been absolutely amazing. He's been a key player for Man United, but I can't see him starting. Maybe come on as a bench option. 
But because there's uh, other players there, like Alejandro Ganacho, um, I think he will be playing a lot more minutes uh, this weekend against Reading. Yeah, I've, I think it'll be a, a push to see Rashford starting really this weekend. I think I think he's starting in the in the League Cup game, um, which we're recording during the middle of, and he's he scored again tonight. So it would yeah. maybe be a struggle to see him uh, starting this weekend. But you mentioned Garnacho, and you think he'll start. Obviously, he's kind of slowly coming through the Man United academy. Uh, what other kind of Man United prospects should we be looking out for this weekend who might not be appearing on match of the day every week? Um, I think potentially we might see Kobe Mano. He plays as a defensive type midfielder plus a slash box to box midfielder. Um, Ten uh, gave him his debut in against the Charlton game, so I think that he that could be a potential option because we're a bit short in the midfield right now, especially knowing that Donny is injured now till the rest of the season. Um, I don't think Tenag gonna want to play Casemiro. So it's out of the options of uh, in if it was gonna play four two three one for the pivot, it's either gonna be Ericsson, Scott, Fred, Kobe Mano. And I can't see Ericsson potentially starting just because he started a lot of games and I don't really wanna risk Christian Ericsson as well, just because um we don't wanna knacker him out and I think as well we should be help helping him the best as possible for his kind of development too. Um and, and I think, oh, sorry. With the, with the fact that you've got, you know, I mean, I don't know how many games it is, but I've seen Man United fans complaining about the fact you, I think it's like eight games in 23 days or something crazy. Yeah, we've got eight games the, in a month. With the League Cup, right? Eight games in a month. Um, and uh, that's including Barcelona, both home and away, but... To be honest, that's something what's been caused by Man United. Man United fans will complain, saying it was the penalty for Real Sociedad. But I look at it and say, we just wasn't clinical enough on that day. We shouldn't have allowed it to the point where we're moaning over a, a penalty. Should it have been given? Should it not? That doesn't matter anymore. The fact is, what I look at now is, we should have been a lot more clinical in that game. We should have had a lot more shots on target, but we didn't. And that's how I look at it. Is I, I don't blame things what's happened. I blame of what... The, what we should have done better as a team. Yeah, the fixture congestion is it's going to, I guess, cause quite a lot of rotation yeah. going forwards. Um, so, as you say, if, if you see Garnacho play, if you see Cody Gatro play in midfield this weekend, it maybe wouldn't be that surprising given you've got Forest tonight, Forest again next week. And, you know, it's a chance for Man United potentially to try and go and win a trophy. It'll be the first one in, what, five years? It's been a been a bit of a drought for for Man United over the last few years, and it feels like at some point the it's got to end somewhere. Um, do, do you see the the cup competitions this year as being a, a reasonable kind of chance to go and get a trophy? Mm-hmm. Um, Ten Hag said at the very be- uh, like when he first came that his priority is um, to get top four uh, or to get into Champions League. Understandable, but he's also said is. Whoever we play against, we're taking every cup seriously. And I think Ten Hag is going to want to break that kind of trophy drought because we didn't win anything in the Solskjaer. And the last one we actually won was the Europa League plus the Carabao Cup in one season under Jose Mourinho. And for me, I feel like some United fans are quite fussy. Like, I don't want to win no Carabao Cup. It's only an energy cup drink. But I look at it and think it's a trophy. And that's something that, 
I think that Manchester United and even the players who haven't won a trophy under the club and not won for a long time is we need to start getting that kind of mentality back to think, right, we want to aim for every single final. We don't want to look and go, that's just a, uh, just a silly cup game. I'm just going to play crap because it's against such and such a team. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, one, of those, um, it's one of those tournaments that often you kind of like get people looking down on it until you get to the semi-final and I mean the FA Cup kind of has that same reputation I guess it's yeah until you get to the later stages often teams don't necessarily put out their full strength and they're not necessarily thinking that they've got a chance to win it and I mean this weekend might be similar but it, it does give an opportunity for teams like you know Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool to actually in Man City to go and win a relatively straightforward trophy um Kind of as shown by by Man City winning the League Cup, whatever it is, four years out of six or something, five five years out of six. Obviously, we've played Man United in the FA Cup. It feels like we've played Man United in the FA Cup every year for about five years now. Um, it's not quite as often as that, but I think it's this is the third trip, or I think this is the fourth trip in ten years now for for us to to Man United, and the last three haven't been been very successful. Um, We've struggled to get to really get anywhere. I think the last time we played up at Man United, it was it was two nil. Um, we played there in twenty seventeen and we lost four nil. Do you think there's any any kind of chance that Man United will struggle defensively against Reading, or do you think that you'll uh, kind of push through and, and claim a clean sheet like you have against Charlton and, and kind of lower league team in the mm-hmm. in the League Cup recently, um, and then obviously. Although you conceded at home to Everton, it's you still went on to win the game quite comfortably. Do you think it will be one of those games where you we do go on and, and kind of put the game to bed quite easily? Mm-hmm. I think for me is that in terms of the clean sheets, it's all depending who we play against, uh, who we uh, who we play. Sorry, um, we've got some uh, players in there where um, they're so good in the. It, You've got like Veran and Martinez, so good in the first team. They're undroppable, especially for the league, uh, the Europa League. But then it's like we can't always play them in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, especially knowing Veran's so injury prone. So then you look and go, ah, who's the alternatives? Lindelof. Okay, Lindelof's not bad. Then you look at Maguire. Okay. Then you look at it again, Phil Jones, and you're like, okay, okay. Uh, it's just kind of it's a big massive drop off point um from who your regular first te- who your regular centre backs are to who is your there's potential bench yeah, options. Not a lot of squad depth. No, not a lot for me. There is squad depth, but I just don't think they're good enough quality. I think if there was going at other clubs, some other clubs would absolutely probably snatched the chance of having Lindelof and snatch I, I like Lindelof so I'm not gonna criticize Lindelof but like a lot of teams will probably snatch up the chance of having Maguire having Phil Jones and uh just because they, they would improve them but I just look at it and think it's just it's the lack of concentration it's the injury prone and a lot of players when they don't play they're very rusty and you've noticed that a lot in games yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen that when when players have come back from Reading this season, they've really struggled to to get up to speed quickly when when they've been out for in, from injuries or whether they've been out on the side for a while, they've they've struggled to kind of get up to speed. So yeah, certainly kind of know how that know how that feels. And 
I mean, if we if you do see some rotation this weekend, obviously we've kind of spoken about the academy players who might be rotated in. Um, but do you think we'll see kind of a, a second eleven for Man United? Because at the moment you're playing against Nottingham Forest in this uh, Carabao Cup semi-final. And it, it appears like you've played almost a full-strength side. Um, but then we look back at the Everton game, which you, you played in the in the Cup a couple of weeks ago to get to the fourth round. And even in that game, it, it felt like Man United played quite a strong side still. I mean, Casemiro mm. started and Rashford started and De Gea started in goal. So... Do you, do you think there's going to be rotation or do you think it will kind of be like Man United will put out just a, a strong side anyway? I think based off the, the amount of games we've got coming up, we've got no choice but to do rotation because there's going to be injuries later down the line. There's no choice but to play um, Aaron Wambasaka because Dallow is injured and not too sure how long how long Dallow is out. So I know he's definitely going to be one who's in the squad. Who's going to be? I think we could have a rotation in the goalkeeper. Could Jack Butler make his debut? Not overly sure, but I actually didn't mind Tom Heaton when he played against Charlton. I think he actually put on a good shift, so I'm not overly bothered. I think Malassi will probably still play um, after tonight's game as well. He tends to be Luke Shaw's backup. Um, but in terms of everything else, I think we'll probably see Scott, Fred, um, maybe. And I think we could even back. have. Sorry. They coursed up front, perhaps. Um, I think maybe Martial might play if he's fully fit instead. And I think we could potentially see Palestra um, if he's coming off the bench or if he's starting. I mean, Martial up front worries me a lot because um, we can go into the, the strengths of Man United and, and where, where you're strong and where you're not. But I think most people listening have, have probably got a fairly good idea as to, you know, Marshall is a quick player and, and Reading are not a quick defence. Um, so it, it, it pains me to hear that you might start Marshall because I think he'll just have some of our defenders on toast, really. Uh, however, you know, however poor people think he might be, I think he's probably going to have have us on, you know, just completely just go go through our defence uh, like a knife through butter if the ball comes to him on the floor. I don't know how much you've kind of watched of Reading this season. Um or whether you've seen it at all. Obviously, Paul Ince is the is the manager at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. What's the kind of the been the the reaction to, to Paul Ince coming back to Man United this weekend? I think it's uh, out, out from the outside, from a media perspective, it, it, it seems perfect. But I think Man United's perspective, from a fan point of view, might be quite different. Yeah, um, the media might betray it differently, but if you spoke to a lot of Man United fans, they're not a fan of Paul Ince, um, just based off how he was as a player. Um, so I, I personally don't think that he would get a good reception. Not that he, it's some, it's about Reading at all. I just think as a manager, when he comes out, he may potentially get a couple of boos, perhaps, because of how he was to us. But I apart think- Paul Ince is well used to that. He gets booed most most fans. He goes with Reading and Championship as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think he'll have the best of receptions because a lot of Man United fans don't like him. They've not forgiven him, so um, it'd be lucky if he got an, a, a good applause. Let's just say. And I think if uh, yeah, if, if I think Paul Ince's managerial abilities. 
not necessarily going to get shown in the in the greatest light against Eric Ten Hag, unfortunately. Um, so, but if he can put up a reasonable performance this weekend, and and we don't don't embarrass ourselves too much, then I think most Reading fans will go home happy. We're we're bringing a relatively small allocation. Um, I mean, in terms of ticket sales, I think Man United are inevitably going to sell this game out, um, and then if we get if we get if if Reading get a draw, big if, um, I think the replays in a, in ten days time or so, which will, I'm sure, frustrate many Man United fans if if there is a draw because we won't we'll be adding to that fixture congestion. Um, but what do you think the score will be on on Saturday? I've gone for a two 0 for Man United. I don't think it's going to be a hammering at any point, um, just because I think uh, Reading. Are, are a tough side to, to play. I think a lot of championships are, sides are a tough team to play and this is the problem with a lot of teams is that the, that championship teams, League 1, League 2, get very underestimated and the beauty of the FA Cup is you see this, the teams uh, like progress further and uh, as I've already mentioned, like you've seen Nottingham Forest who's done it, you've seen great performance from Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago so it is doable that um we could only we could get a draw it's doable that you could win but i i'm not gonna go over the top and go we're gonna win five six nil i'm gonna go for a two nil i'll stick with a, a, a two nil <laughs> i think most yeah as i said i think most reading counts will be very happy with with a two nil like as defeatist as it sounds i like i would be more than more than okay if we only lose 2-0 this weekend. Um it's unlikely Reading are gonna go go ahead and win the FA Cup this year. So a 2-0, a 2-0 loss, and I think most people will probably go home without too many complaints. Um I have to say I haven't really done that well in terms of predicting Reading's results this season with our with our inconsistency in our form. So maybe I'm gonna be wrong and maybe we'll pick up a draw. Um Thank you for joining us today, Maisie. You can find your social channels on YouTube. Uh, yep, YouTube, Devils United, um, Manchester United content, men and women's football. So I do both on there. And my Twitter's at two underscores, MUSC Maze. That's my personal Twitter if anyone wants to check me out and give uh, see more views of myself. We'll drop we'll drop your socials on Twitter when the podcast goes up, obviously. And we will be back on Sunday with a review of the game from Saturday evening. Um, given that the game is kicking off at eight, it won't be until Sunday because no one's going to be home until after then. Uh, but we'll be yeah we'll be back on Sunday with a roundup of the Man United game. And fingers crossed, we are talking about a famous Reading victory. Thank you again, Maisie, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Cheers.